0: Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Hello, Stephen. Good to see you again. Um, uh, Congratulations are in order, Stephen, because I don't know if you're aware of this, but this week you joined a very exclusive club. You are one of only two people ever to be a five-time GeoMob speaker.
1: I know, but Gary Gale is a six timer.
0: Gary Gary Gale is a six timer. So, um, but but you are now the five timer. So I have to remedy
1: that. Um, I have to remedy that, and I'll have to think of something interesting to talk about because I'm also recognised that I may be a five time speaker, but I've only won the best speaker prize once. And then it was shared with somebody else, and I gave the actual prize to the somebody else. So, um, right. David Overton, if you're listening, it's about time that I got an award for being a five time speaker.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure you get a map for being the five time speaker, Stephen. Okay. That's a, that's a, um, uh, but, but a good point because at this week's uh, London Geomob, we also, the winner of the best speaker prize, Ali um, O'Brien, was is a two time winner. Yeah, there. there I, I actually looked this up. There are three people, including Ollie, who have won twice.
1: That's sickening. So. That's sickening. He <laughs> should share the prizes around. Um, but listen, we jumped straight in there. Um, it's been a fantastic week. Uh, you were in London. We got to see lots of each other, which was a real pleasure because we don't actually get to spend time sitting face-to-face, having a drink, eating together. So that was great. Um and we're talking about me speaking at geomob but this was just the best i'm not saying the best geomob ever but i mean we're right back to all the buzz and the excitement that we had pre-pandemic it really was a great geomob fantastic energy
0: it was a very strong start to the year A, a great audience very good talks uh, it was good to be back at UCL. It was our first time at UCL in, uh, in four or five years, I think. Um, which I always quite like because then you know we, we pick up a few students and things and, and people who otherwise wouldn't um, perhaps wouldn't wouldn't come out. So yeah, I mean the room was packed. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, so and great talks. five really good talks. Yeah.
1: So Fantastic talks. great range as well. a um, you know, couple of quirky projects. An absolutely crazy challenge from Ollie O'Brien, you know, to cycle round all of the bike docking stations in one day. Um, great presentation on aerial imagery from uh, Stadium and um, and Mookie and his colleague uh, talking about extreme citizen science. You know, I mean, what a range of stuff we were talking about. You know. Park benches, maps in the wild. It was a good mix, very good mix. Um, yeah, so
0: so um, big thank you to everyone who came, and, and yeah. to to uh, especially to the speakers. Um, so now come to the point where, of course, ask for volunteers for future events. So yep. please, if you if you have an interesting project, or you think you might have an interesting project, or um, you know, get it can be commercial project, it can be a hobby project, it can be academic work. Whatever it is, uh, you know, submit your talk and, and come out to the next event. So
1: absolutely, and just a shout out to any um, students, early career people who listen to the podcast but haven't yet managed to get to one of our events. You really want to come to these events. They're great opportunity to meet people, to make contacts. Um, couple of geomobs back, a um, student came to an event, chatted with Ed, was looking for an internship when she finished her degree. And through our contacts and sponsors, we were able to help her find an internship, which is a really great thing that we were able to do for somebody. And there's always potential to do that. So if you're listening and you've not been to a geomob, get down to London, come to. Lisbon, come to Barcelona, come to Tel Aviv, all these places where we're running mobs. Talk to people and it will open opportunities for you. I
0: agree. Um, and for anyone who wants a more detailed summary of the London event this week, um, we posted a little summary on our Mastodon account, our shiny new Mastodon account. So um, follow us there. If you don't already, uh, you can find the link on the website and... Um, Lots of pictures of the event and of the different talks, so um, you can check it out there. So, cool. Um, I guess we should also mention we have a lot of other events coming up in the in the 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 calendar is actually starting to look pretty full. Um, yep. So first of all, the very big news is we have been contacted by some folks uh, based in Helsinki, who um, who wanted to start GeoMob Finland. And our first event there is going to be on April thirteenth. I'm hopeful. I'm hoping to go. I'm gonna go. Um, so that's really exciting uh, to add a new city to the group. Um, and you know, it seems like there's a lot going on up in Finland uh, based on you know people I've followed yep. on on social media and stuff. So so I'm sure we'll have no shortage of very good talks.
1: Big open um, source community there.
0: Exactly. Um, and also. I, the, uh, I'm disappointed because we have not yet fully been able to confirm the venue, which is the only reason I haven't um, posted it on the site yet. But w- we are going to aim to have a GeoMob Berlin in February. I've already booked my trip to Berlin. We are targeting the evening of February 22nd. So um, I will be in Berlin on February 22nd. <laughs> so, uh, and if we don't have a GeoMob, then people can just meet up for some drinks, whoever wants to. Um but um, but I am hopeful we're going to have our first GeoMob Berlin on February 22nd. Uh, what else do we have in the mix? GeoMob Lisbon. Um, Joanna, who uh, has been a, a key member of the community in Barcelona, and she no longer lives in Barcelona. She moved back to Portugal, her native Portugal, and is based in, in Lisbon now. And she, is going to, um, she has promised me we're going to have a GeoMob Lisbon at some point in the spring. Uh, and, of course, the next Tel Aviv event is coming up at some point as well. Yeah. So um, so that's all very exciting. And we're going to be, you know, obviously we're going to have another London event uh, at some point in the spring. I'm, we're targeting sort of end of April. Yeah. So um, we always need to confirm the venue um, uh, before we announce the date. But but we'll do our best and we'll get that going. But the key component, again, is we need speakers. So, so please volunteer, just go to the website, there's a form. And you don't have to have your talk fully finished or anything, just very roughly describe what you want to talk about and you're good to go.
1: So if I volunteer to speak again, I'll become a six-time speaker?
0: Yes, that being said, I'm going to admit to you, Stephen, we're going to give preference to any new speaker. So, really, um, really. Well, some people there are people who volunteer quite a lot, but obviously we need some new faces. Yeah, a, a I new, agree. um I agree. We need some new topics. So um, that being said, if no one else volunteers, then uh, I guess well, we will have to rehash. Uh, you know, you can update your talk, what you've learned in four and a half years of memory <laughs> and stuff. So okay. No, but it's exciting. It's really cool that all these people um, are, are, all these new communities are springing up. Um, So that's great. If anyone out there listening wants to get GeoMob going in their city, please get in touch.
1: Absolutely. How many people have we got on the mailing list now?
0: Where are we up to? I think we're I think we're closing in on like 1,500, just under 1,500. So um, yeah, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please go to the website and get on the mailing list. There's only one email um, a month. Uh, where we, you know, announce upcoming events and link to the summaries of the past events and just feature a few things that we find interesting. But don't worry, we're not going to spam you. We're not going to mail you about other things. Um, if you want to unsubscribe, you can always unsubscribe. But um, but get on there. Yeah, so, so
1: that's quite a community we've built. Uh,
0: yes, yes, it's going well. But speaking of mailing lists, Stephen, yes. I wanted to give a shout-out to our friend Giuseppe. For because last week um, he sent out the 500th edition of his weekly mailing list, his um, his data mailing. Quantum
1: of Salazzo.
0: Quantum of Salazzo. Yes, the 500th edition, which um, that is that is perseverance. I mean, I guess that's almost ten years. uh, That's almost
1: ten years. And Giuseppe's been a long-term supporter and speaker and friend of GeoMob, so congratulations, Giuseppe. We're very proud of you.
0: Yeah, it's very well done. Very well yep. done. Um, so, if you're doing anything related to data, uh, data visualization, open data, anything like that, you should get on that mailing list. Uh, it's 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 always very interesting.
1: So what's been happening with OpenCage? Have you had any time to do any work with all these events we're running and podcasts and stuff?
0: Well, not just that, but uh, we also took a bit of a break. I, I was away; <laughs> I was in the states uh, over Christmas and worked a bit less. But um, uh, yes, actually, we've started that. We've started the year quite strongly. We um, we launched a we launched one minor new feature. Um, that lets you change, the, uh, you know, how the output is formatted, uh, so that we of uh, our geocoder. But we also launch what we call a new annotation. So the annotations are: whenever you geocode, you send us an address or you send us coordinates, and we, we of course geocode that for you. But then we add all this other additional information about that location. The idea being that then. You don't need to do it yourself. So the most basic example is you send us a location. One of the annotations is we return the time zone at that location, right. for example. So um, you know a lot of them are very basic and simple, but it just saves that additional step. So that um, and over over the years we've added quite a few of these annotations. So it really does start to add up. And and this one is there is a thing called a nuts code. Are you familiar with nuts codes? Nuts codes. Yep. It's a it's a French abbreviation. Um, because it's from the EU, the in in English the abbreviation doesn't work, but it's um, the National Unit of Territorial Statistics or something. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Know. Anyway, it's a it's a, a reference code that is used to describe regions within the EU. Um, it, you know, a different different hierarchy. So level zero is the country. Level one is. The states or provinces, and then all the way down to level three. Um, this is often used when you know, per, you know, statistical analysis by researchers and things like that. Um, and so now, when you send us a location that's in the, you know, when when the result is a location that's in the EU, we also return the NUTS code. So cool. Uh, so I, we, so may, I, we may we may for just for you, Stephen. We may add the UK. Obviously, was part of the EU. And there are nuts codes for the UK, but for now we only have the actual member states. I'm sorry to say, okay. but we may, we may, if there's demand, we may add, um, we may add the UK. There are also nuts codes for the various EU candidate countries and things. We have not added those yet. So, um, anyway, test it out. If you like that, if you want us to add the the other countries, please let us know. So. You
1: know, we uh, sort of. I don't want to diminish the achievement, but I think. Um, in the old where-on-earth days, uh, that was one of the key building blocks of the early where-on-earth geocoder was the nuts boundaries. Um, oh, right. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you know, before we even had street-level things, we needed to be able to get anything you know, right. that we could geocode against, and the nuts boundaries were one, one of the data sets that we used then. So, right, so right. it's nice well, to see that they're still going 20 years later.
0: Well, I have to say it was a bit tricky because of course the EU publishes these boundaries but you cannot use the EU's dataset commercially the license prohibits that. So we had to kind of recreate in many cases the 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 boundaries correspond with things like states and provinces or whatever but not always and as you get lower down in you know the idea is that each nuts region represents a, a comparable population size. And so they don't always overlap with with uh, common um, admin hierarchies and right. things like that. So uh, some of this was in OpenStreetMap; people had tagged it. Some of it, we had to create ourselves by merging different things in OpenStreetMap. It was actually um, a, a bit more complex of a project than we would have hoped. So um, anyway, are, are they all website.
1: more complex than you think they're going to be when you they start? The,
0: <laughs> it's it's true; they generally are, but. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so that's one new feature we just showed up. Great. So.
1: Any, other, any other exciting things?
0: I don't know about exciting things, but you know, there's always things going on. I guess the um, you know the main question is uh, the current economic situation. You know, we are, it feels like we're kind of on the precipice, and everyone's like, oh, uh, is, are we going to go into recession or not? Are we, you know, are companies companies holding back from investing, or are they going to invest and can we use the perhaps economic uncertainty as a lever for our business to try to capture um, new customers who want to, want a cheaper alternative? That's kind of, we're thinking a lot about things like that. Right. So,
1: okay. I think, what, um, about,
0: what about you, Stephen? Anything new at Mapery or just giving your big talk well, at GMO?
1: Well, that was the highlight of my weekend. Um, Obviously. Um, at the end of that talk, I gave a call out inviting anybody else who wanted to become an editor of Mappery so that we could share the load. Um, at the moment, it's, made, it's all Arno and me. Um, and um, somebody came up to me after the event and said that they would be interested. I haven't tied up the details, so I'm not going to shout their name out, but the likelihood is that we'll get a third editor, which will just reduce the workload or enable us to publish more material. Because the astonishing thing is um yeah a thousand posts in uh 1500 images and we've got a massive backlog you know it's not like we're running out of maps in the wild they just keep coming up you know all the time so uh so we'll see but yeah that's good news um apart from that is very nice um no other exciting news um Whilst you were away, I had a very intensive podcast period, as you may remember. I think...
0: Yes, yes, you, 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 you've carried the load here. You did uh, four or five episodes in a row. Yeah,
1: and I think I did four in two days. It was like really insane, you know. I mean, just the way the scheduling worked out, it was like ridiculous. Um, but we did have um, a little bit of a scoop, didn't we?
0: Yes, uh, uh, we big thank you to Mark for yeah. Mark from from Meta to for coming on and telling us, revealing, pulling re, pulling back the curtain on the Overture Foundation. Um, we'll see. The problem is that at the end, it kind of it raises almost as many questions as it answered. I feel like because um, so we'll have to wait and see. And then, of course, the following week we had the rebuttal from not rebuttal that I don't. It's a not different a different
1: perspective.
0: It's not a tit for tat, but a different perspective from from Simon, um, and yeah, both of those episodes seem to have generated a fair amount of interest. So, yeah. um,
1: so what do you think about overture maps?
0: I, uh, well, I don't, I don't know what. To think um, so first of all and, uh, let me let me be uh, clear to the listeners I, you know my own company depends heavily on OpenStreetMap we are corporate members of the OpenStreetMap foundation I myself am a, have been a personal member of the OpenStreetMap foundation for for you know a decade plus um so I like OpenStreetMap and I want OpenStreetMap to thrive Nevertheless, I do have some sympathy with um, the idea that sometimes the sometimes the, the sometimes the OpenStreetMap community is a very chaotic beast. Um, and, and actually this is what I discussed with Simon. You know, it w- there are sometimes things that are that are important and urgent and that it feels like the community trips over itself and isn't able to execute on.
1: Yeah. Um
0: so in that regard, I have a bit of sympathy with with businesses, particularly um, you know, much larger businesses than mine, that say, "Look, we need a we we we're frustrated with not having a a, a coherent partner here to work with." That being said, Stephen, you know, it's so far, Overture Maps is is a two page website, so. Yep. I, I'm I, I I kind of taking a wait and see approach. It's not clear to me that all of these the members of the Overture Consortium, you know, who you know are truly going to be able to cooperate well with each other. Um, a, they're all big bureaucratic organizations. B, that kind of compete with each other to some degree um, in, in different in, in different areas. No, in different I'm not areas, sure about
1: too. that. I I think yeah. They're obviously megacorps. They're obviously... Um, but they're very different, you know. I mean, Amazon doesn't really compete with Facebook. I don't see the overlap. Yeah, I'm sure you could point okay, to Okay, that's... Some colony yeah, slithera- maybe,
0: maybe those two, but... Right? Um.
1: Facebook doesn't really compete with Microsoft. Maybe a little bit in the advertising space, but not a lot. Um, Yo know, and um a Microsoft and Amazon, yeah, they compete in the cloud space I, that's the biggest competition, and I'm not sure that that's even
0: regardless they all have their own priorities and own, yeah. own uh, fo- their own uh, fo- areas of focus and things like that it's yeah you know, it it remains to be seen you know it, what <laughs> What is this going to be? What kind of resources is it going to have? Who's going to be in charge of it? How how hard are they going to push? Is it? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. At at this point, it's a bit hard to judge. I guess that's what I'm saying.
1: I think it's quite revealing that they've done this under, within the auspices of the Linux Foundation. Because, like every one of these organizations, is highly dependent on Linux. Yes. Right? And they've all worked out how cooperating, collaborating, co-funding the Linux Foundation and the various flavors of Linux and all of that is in their interest rather than trying to own it and control it. You know, even Microsoft... True. True. Um, and, you know, are we talking about the geospatial operating system for the for the web?
0: I don't know. I, I mean, before we get, uh, I don't know. And, uh, yeah. We need to take a wait and see and approach. Like, you know, who who is in charge? Who who's deciding the product plan for overture maps?
1: Okay. For example,
0: yeah. Yeah. That, that, those are the questions. I, I I just have very practical questions. So. I mean, of course, the rebuttal is who's deciding the product plan for OpenStreetMap? <laughs> maybe, Nobody. maybe no one, no one. But, um, but and that
1: was part of the problem, wasn't it?
0: Well, Stephen. But that being said, I have um, since those episodes came out, I've been contacted by a few people who uh, I'm. I'm very hopeful we can get on the podcast here um, shortly because the, the, obviously there are more perspectives than just those two. So okay. I, I think the debate will continue. Um, you know, let's see also how is Google going to react? I think there were some uh, geospatial brands that were noticeable by their absence from the list. So let's see how they react. Um, You know, I think we'll just have to see how it goes. That being said, um, I have great confidence OpenStreetMap will just keep trucking along. Um, You know, the people who are passionate about OpenStreetMap, I don't see that that passion is going to diminish and I see. You have know, so many organizations depend on OpenStreetMap. Could that change? Maybe that change. over time, slowly. I don't think it will change quickly. Um, you know, and I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure.
1: Um, you know. I'm a little. I think I'm a bit different to you because I think um, there are a lot of people who consume OpenStreetMap data. Yes. Right, and build businesses that partly on that data. Right. If there is an alternative data set, and that data set is technically easier to use, more robust, more consistent, um, better yeah. maintained, any of those things. I'm not saying it will be, but if it's it's there, then a lot of the customers, the consumers. And particularly the, the technical intermediaries, the developers, the businesses, they will switch you know um, I don't think they have um, enormous emotional commitment to OpenStreetMap. It's a data set for them. Uh, yes,
0: maybe't there are people who have an enormous emotional commitment to OpenStreetMap, but um, but I guess the counterpoint would be, Stephen, you know, for for several years now, Facebook or Meta has produced this Daylight data set, which attempts to do many of the things that you say, right? It, it's open OpenStreetMap data, it's open, uh, it, uh, it's under an open license, and it's it attempts it to, um, you know, catch vandalism, clean up obvious mistakes and things like that. Okay, so, and, you know, I believe it's it, it, this wasn't just one person's project, it was, uh, you know, there were some yeah. resources behind it, right? You know, I, I, yeah, I. That's been going on for several years, and I haven't seen any big switch yeah. to using it. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I personally don't know of anyone who uses it.
1: No, but um, maybe that was the proof of concept for what we're going to see now. Look, you're right. We don't know, and we're going to have to wait and see. Um, it's certainly going to be interesting times. Um, and if I can make one prediction, yes. it's that. We'll look back in a year's time, and this won't have worked out the way we think it is going to.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know. I, you know, I think in some ways, my, my first of all, my prediction is we're, we're going to have a lot to discuss, which is which is good yep. for us, I guess. I am hopeful. You know, I thought it was great that then um, Simon immediately came on the podcast, um, and he ha- he has a lot to say about you know, some of the challenges that OpenStreetMap faces, and, and faced it well before uh, yeah. Overture was uh, announced or, or existed. You know, maybe maybe it can serve as an impulse for OpenStreetMap to say, look, uh, the OpenStreetMap community say, look, uh, you know, we've been going for almost 20 years now, and some things are working fantastically, some things, you know, maybe aren't working so great, and, and maybe we need to adapt some things. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's naive. Maybe, maybe I'm Well,
1: I... Th- <laughs> It is certainly one possible outcome. Um, I think there was one bit of your conversation with Simon that particularly struck me, which is when he said, there are a number of really important tasks that need to be done. Like the GDPR thing. Like the GDPR thing, like relocating the foundation from UK legal environment to somewhere else, um, and probably a few others. And that these are between two and six months of a person's time. And an organisation that is run by a board of volunteers and that co-opts more volunteers for the nuts and bolts is poorly equipped to actually be able to take on those challenges because volunteers can't put two dedicated months into one specific task. Um, And I think, you know, that that may be the big change that comes about, that maybe OpenStreetMap has to uh, move away from the ultralight organisation that it's been for the past 20 years and is going to have to move into that next stage where it has a small core staff who are able to deal with some of these tasks.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would say certainly OpenStreetMap, I mean, first of all, these tasks need to get done. So um, OpenStreetMap needs to develop an executional ability to accomplish these tasks that are exactly not not well placed for volunteers to take on um, or to own. Um, you know, I guess there are different ways that could be accomplished. Uh, so... But yes I, I think it's it, it's in that regard overture is great if it forces that discussion yeah so um, with regards to you know as I said anything else about overture I, I, I just take kind of a wait and see approach it's hard to you know let's see until some data is actually published with it you know how does that data look what how frequently is it updated how who's 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 maintaining the data things like that so
1: Yeah, and how much of that data is actually OpenStreetMap and how much is coming from other sources. Right. Yeah, which will be. So lots to talk about over the next year, I guess, and hopefully we'll get some interesting people coming on to give us their views about this. What could be a big change?
0: Well, several people are uh, in the pipeline, so let's see. I think, uh, you know... Stay stay tuned, dear listener. I, you know, bear with us. It might it might be a couple of weeks or or even months because it's always it can always be a challenge to schedule people. And of course, you know we I don't we don't want to just discuss this topic. There's also no. many other interesting geospatial things. So um, I do want to say um, thank you to I mean first of all thank you Stephen because I was away and you you recorded many episodes and um, because of this breaking overture news. Some of the episodes that we recorded got delayed. So, thank you for the patience of, of our guests. And we'll have those in the next coming weeks. Right. So, um, um,
1: and we've got, yeah. And we are going to go from this Megacorp um, announcement about Overture. To some really niche projects and things that uh, we've got some really great stuff coming up. So uh, and very different stuff. It's not all heavy tech. Some of it is art and sculpture and social media. Yeah, it's lots of good stuff coming.
0: As always, diversity is key. Diversity yeah. is key. So,
1: so two all right, two white men talking about geo. That's <laughs> diversity.
0: <laughs> In English, yes. Uh, it doesn't get more diverse than that. So um, on that cheery note, uh, big thanks once again to everyone who came out this week to the event. It was a great start to the year, and let's keep it
1: going. Okay. So, Great seeing you. See you Take Steven. care. Bye.
0: Bye. Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. Thanks for listening, and hope to see you at a Geomob event soon.